Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Homebrew. We have two brand new homebrews to drink and one... Um, I guess brand new home brewer. I don't know. I don't know Rob's history, but Rob is here and he's going to help us figure out what's going on with his beers or, well, you know what? I really shouldn't, I shouldn't assume. Rob, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? What do you want us to tell you about your beers, man? You know, every once in a while I try to ask this and I forget sometimes, but uh, you know, people want different things. You know, are you a, I just want you to drink it guy or, Hey, I'm having some issues. Uh, why can't I do a thing guy? (laughs) Uh, no, I want you to tell me the hard truth. Honestly, everybody that I give my beers to tells me that it's great and, uh, like some real feedback. (laughs) That's right. We don't know you. We are not in arm's reach of you. So we will tell you the truth. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Your beer is great. Uh, okay. Well, why? (laughs) Uh, because it's great and it tastes great because it's free. Uh And yeah, I didn't pay for it. It's free, exactly. <laughs> my uh, my kid turned five last weekend, and uh, we had a you know party and had a bunch of family over, and uh, you know I give some some of my mild, which we'll talk about on the next show, uh, to my nephews, and one of them goes, "Man, you made this?" I'm like, "Yep," and I can smell it coming. I can smell it coming a mile of fucking way. I've been doing this too long. He goes, wow, you you really should make some money on this. You should sell this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, the last thing I want to do, even just in this economy, but the last thing I want to do ever is open a brewery because that is one surefire way to not make money. <laughs> right. To work your yeah. ass off 18 hours a day and make little money. Like I barely work now and I hate how much money I make. So mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to do it. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, really? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, the sentiment is nice, but, uh, yeah. you know, you can give me five bucks. Every time you mm-hmm. fill up your glass, and that's that's just as good. I don't have to pay anybody. So anyway, um, we have an oatmeal stout this segment, and the next segment. Remind me, Rob, what is it? What's the next beer we got for? It's a uh, mixed fermentation sour. Nice. Okay, I should pull that out of the fridge, but I probably won't do it. So that'll be cool. I'm excited to drink these. I love an oatmeal stout. You guys know me. Uh, oatmeal stout is probably my favorite style, uh, next to mild. <laughs> and then I don't brew it. So. <laughs> Uh, but I should. Let me show you the next beer that I make is a turn my oatmeal stout back on. But before we get to all that, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to Five Star Chemicals right now, today, this very second. FiveStarChemicals.com slash homebrew hyphen club hyphen program. What that does, it will get you into their homebrew club program. Well, what does that do, JP? You might be asking your radio. Well, I will tell you, radio listener, it will sign you up for uh, the free homebrew club program and then you can get free product from them. You can get exclusive discounts on five-star products. You can get monthly educational seminars and also free swag, too, every once in a while. So, And I don't know what that is, but if you've ever been HomebrewCon and you swung by the five-star booth, you know they like to give out little trinkets and stuff like that, too. So uh, that's probably what you're going to be getting. I don't know, maybe something cool that nobody's ever heard of before. So check it out. 
Just go to fivestarchemicals.com anyways. Learn about all the chemicals they have. Learn about the best ways to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment to make the best beer possible. Also, don't forget to sign up for that homebrew club and uh, collect all the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's we'll be trying that. to visit them at the upcoming homebrew con in, uh, in San Diego. That'll be fun. Yeah, you going? You're going. You're going. I'm going. Yes, it's a it's. Yeah, of course. All San right. Diego each time has been so much fun, dude. Oh, San Diego is a great. Is it at the same place? It, it always is. Yeah, it's, it's at the town and country. I yeah. like that place. It's very uh, 70s, late 60s, maybe. <laughs> yeah, late 60s. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good. Good memories. That was um, I think one of the Schumann's pooped in a in a fountain. Oh, maybe my. it wasn't the Schumann's. No, it was it was just another home brewer. That's right. That was also the place where Sam famously at four in the morning played the intro to jump on his keyboard. So Bev would let him in the room because he forgot his key. <laughs> Good times, man. Well, we had a pretty wicked elevator uh, barley wine vertical there. There you go. Uh, I hope I hope to repeat maybe oh, this yeah. time without without breaking the elevator. But yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So what do you do? You just stand in the elevator like a creep and go, hey, you want some barley wine? Uh, 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 <laughs> no, hey, like the the way it's hey, set up there. Hey, you want some barley wine? There's floors with outdoor walkways around those big towers there, right? Okay. You're walking around to get to your room. So you go, you start on the ground floor, have a beer, go up to the next level, wander around that, you know, that walkway to the edge. Mm. And then by the time you, you know, wake everybody up all the way up and get to the top floor, you're having a really old freaking barley wine looking over the whole, you know, conference site, which is pretty fun. I like my version better. Where you just <laughs> stay in the elevator for four hours. <laughs> That's kind of how it started for me. It was like Dave Dave Bradstrom one time. I think it was in the Minneapolis one or somewhere. Uh, maybe it was Oakland, actually. Yeah. <laughs> He's basically in an elevator going up and down with barley wine. It's like the guy in the elevator like, hey, want to have a barley wine with me? Opens up the jacket. Man. He was wearing clothes underneath the jacket. Of course. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's why it was your favorite. There was barley wine in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet there was. Uh, all right, well, didn't you do a vertical tasting in the elevator there uh, one year, Brian? Yeah, I mean that's that's what we yeah we we yep. we used the elevator to go up a floor at a time, and after we our group grew a little bit, the elevator had some challenges. So sure. uh, <laughs> have to be more careful this time. It happens, man. Maybe get two elevators depending on who's going. Yeah. All well, right, well, let's we'll get to Rob. Split. Rob, welcome, dude. Once again, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for sending in beers. I appreciate. it. I like the uh, the little packaging. I meant to have a little sample of it too, but it's like a. Uh, it was like a a plastic bag, plastic envelope, uh, but with uh, with its own like separate air chambers. It was made for this. It looked great. It was cool. I was wow. like, wow, this is uh, it's professional shipping right here. I liked it. Everything well, came professional, just professional, right. but they are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're neat, man. All right, so uh, oatmeal stout. Have you done this before? New recipe. What's uh, up? I have not brewed this in quite a while, and this was actually. Um, a quarterly that we did for the uh, average brew review uh, that occurs on another podcast. Mm, I don't want to hear about it. Okay. There's no such thing. No, I'm kidding. Uh, go ahead and, and, and tell me about it. What's this other podcast? Uh, so uh, I'm a part of the, the brew club. That's uh, part of the brew philosophy uh, network. And so every quarter, the members, uh, they put out a recipe and you're to brew it to the recipe and we send it in and uh, they go through them and taste them and tell us how terrible they are. Nice. That sounds pretty, <laughs> that sounds on brand. Well, I will expect, uh, I'll talk to Marshall about, you know, getting our, uh, our, our, our uh, what do you call it? Not recompense, but uh, 
residuals. There you go. Yeah. All right, well, that sounds like fun, man. That sounds like a good time. Anytime you can brew. We've been talking about trying to do something about that where we're going to all brew the same beer and taste it and yell at each other, but I don't know if we'll, we'll get that far yet. Okay, so this is just a recipe from the Brewlosophy people, and uh, you do uh, oatmeal stouts every now and then, but not for a while. What do you think about it? You think it came out good? Is it up yeah, to par? Yeah, it's, it, right. it's pretty good. Yeah, right. um, I liked it. Okay. Well, that's all I care about. That's it. We'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll try the other. No, uh, Cooper, start us off with uh, Rob's oatmeal stout, please. Okay. Well, thanks first for clearly labeling it and putting the the category uh, number very prominently on there, and as well as the name uh, of the style and your name. I know exactly whose beer this is and what. Yeah, it's ready to go. I, I second Brian's opinion about the labeling. Thank you very much. That was pretty very- awesome. A nice, uh, yeah, I didn't get to see the packaging that JP was raving about there, but um, nice hiss upon opening it, uh, you know, good fill level and everything else there. Uh, the nose is fairly rich with notes of rich roast. I'm getting somewhat of a diner coffee-like character, uh, but, you know, some kind of medium coffee notes, not really dark, rich coffee. Um, also some graininess probably from the oats there underneath that. Uh, the fruitiness to me is fairly subdued, a low earthy hop in there, clean, no DMS or diastole. Um, it's not extremely uh, chocolatey or uh, caramelly. So there's nothing like, it's like kind of the, the darker, you know, little coffee, a little dark stuff and some of the graininess and not too much in between um, to me. Uh, but it is, you know, to style, it shouldn't be super richly caramelly or anything like that. Uh but uh, yeah, not well, a little, maybe a little faint hint of nuttiness in the nose too. But it's it's a very light appearance. Wise, it's very dark brownish black color, nearly opaque. Very difficult to discern the the, the clarity even at the corners of the glass. Uh, it poured kind of a slightly puffy looking, a uh, little chunky tan head, pretty pretty big. Um, a mix of large and finer bubbles uh, with with moderately good retention. You know, can't really. Uh, it kind of meets the the guidelines there for the way it should look. Oh, the, yeah, the, the head was kind of an interesting formation. It's like has undulations to it. <laughs> Still does here. It's kind of it looks like a blanket um, rumpled up there. Uh, I'm in the flavor, getting a kind of some, somewhat sharp roast character, kind of poking out over the top with some graininess underneath. Um, some a little bit of coffee grounds. Bitterness is low. Um, clean ale fermentation. It seems really nicely fermented. Um, the malt, there's also a little gradiness here too from the malt and some nuttiness. Getting a low earthy hop flavor in there as well. Just kind of enough to balance it. But uh, it's it's definitely a malt forward beer. Uh, this one finishes pretty dry to me. That lets the roast and coffee linger into the aftertaste. Uh, not getting any any faults, no DMS or diacetyl. Uh, so maybe not quite as complex in the malt as I would hope. I, I kind of like, sometimes I like in these, a little bit of that kind of coffee and cream impression you can get in some of them. Uh, this one doesn't really have that, but it's, um, you know, it's got that, the roastier kind of darker edge of that. Um, so it's not, you know, it's very clean. Just the way it plays is a little bit sharper to me, but not, you know, not horrific at all. It's really quite tasty. Uh, mouthfeel wise, medium high carbonation is driving a lot of not uh, horrific. You 
<laughs> it's not your beer is not horrific. Yeah, yeah. Just play that on repeat. God bless. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, when I mention a lot of little things that I want to you know point out about the beer, I don't mean them necessarily as like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. It's just so, sometimes when I list a number of things that I find a little bit like, well, it's not. I would prefer it this way, or it's a little too much of that. It's not to the point of where yeah, there's a lot too much of that. And sure, it's, it's awful. That's all I'm saying. Sure, F- fine points, I could say. Um, yeah, it's not really creamy. Uh, kind of, a little more creaminess for the style would be nice. Um, I do get a touch of that oiliness from the oats. What's it's you know it's fairly smooth, but it's not that really smooth, velvety smooth ideal to me for for what you get in an oatmeal stout. Um, in a really well made example of that, it's kind of like the the ones that are in the bottles for a while and travel from England, and you know it tastes pretty close to some of those. And you know they're in the clear bottles, you know, open up. They're, it doesn't taste oxidized though or anything like that. So. You know, it's probably a fresher version of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty close to like a, you know, Sam Smith's kind of a balance the way those play, as opposed to some of the fresher homebrewed ones that I've had here that I've maybe liked uh, a touch better. But still, you know, mouthfeel wise is pretty close, just uh, not quite as velvety smooth. And uh, yeah, but yeah, a lot of carbonation. That's okay. Um, it's really, really drives everything that's in there. Makes it kind of poke out a little more, maybe. Um, overall, yeah, it's an enjoyable, very clean beer. Um, I like that, that characteristic kind of creamy quality, just a little more. Um, it might be being inhibited a little bit for me by the dryness. That's like suggest maybe boosting the, the malts a bit to let it finish a little sweeter and, or use less attenuative, uh, yeast, but, um, when malt wise, the oatmeal is here, it's, it's expressing itself as, as grainy. And, uh, you know, the coffee quality and from the malts is, is maybe not quite as fresh and bright as I would hope. It's still quite tasty and enjoyable. I landed at a, a 37 on this beer. So it's, uh, you know, so high end of very good. I would just tweak it a little bit to get it into better, uh, shape for what I would prefer for the style, but, um, you know, it, it fits for the most part, the, what you want in an oatmeal stout. Very good. Sure. Oh, present. Yes. Uh, uh, so, Rob, thank you very much for uh, for sharing your your beer. I appreciate that. Uh, you mentioned uh, a little bit before something about you're you're in the Brewlosophy Club. Yeah, the Brew Club that's associated with the Brewlosophy Group. You're not a real club. Sorry, that was <laughs> <laughs> Go, going back to the uh, man. That's a blast from the Brewing Network. God is right ass. There. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, everybody finds the uh, the the homebrew group that they're comfortable with, and some people are just you know gentlemen about town who are comfortable with themselves, uh, and you know, brew on their own, and it works great. Whatever whatever works for people is, is great. So uh, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, I uh, I enjoyed this beer. I gave it a similar score to uh, to, to Cooper. Uh, marching through uh, bottle inspection was was fine. There was a, a low hiss, so definitely carbonation. Uh, I usually don't make a mar- uh, any sort of comments in that section for bottle inspection unless there's no hiss or it's super low or like right up to the cap, and even then, it has no no point value whatsoever. Uh, aroma, I got a low roast malt and oatmeal aroma. Uh, low. F- bit of a low fruitiness, which may be from the British yeast, but it was, uh, that might be something I was talking myself into. Uh, let me, uh, I'll do some great uh, dead airtime here. 
Oh, please do. I love that. Everyone loves that. Uh, yeah, I get. I, I, it's hard to tell for me if that fruitiness is there or if I'm just imagining it. I'm gonna gonna assume that it's there. Uh, I get a low coffee character, uh, maybe not like diner coffee, like Cooper was talking about, but just like a, a, a pleasant coffee character. Uh, no, uh, no diacetyl. Uh, you know, I got no off aromas. Overall, I thought it was really nice. I gave that a ten out of twelve for aroma. Uh, appearance three out of three. Uh, extremely dark brown, almost black. Uh, you know, that, there's nothing that's actually like jet black in beverages. Uh, it's always some shade of super dark brown. Uh, but this is this is dark enough that you've really got to look right around the edges to find the uh, the dark brown uh, character. There are some reddish highlights, not unexpected. Uh, clear uh, as far as you can determine that from looking around the edges. Uh, head is low and persistent. You know, it's, I poured this, uh, gosh, a while back, you know, half an hour ago, and it's still uh, got that low, low head right there. So good job. Flavor. Uh, initially, I get low roast, medium nuttiness, uh, a very low earthy character, uh, which again, I might be talking myself into that. Uh, that might be a hop flavor. It might be malt, but it's, it's enjoyable. Uh, in mid palate, bitterness comes up to to balance. The finish is long uh, and balanced and dry, definitely well attenuated. Uh, I don't get any off flavors. There's a low coffee character, especially as it warms. Uh, the fruitiness that I was thinking about in the aroma really isn't there in the flavor, and uh, it, you know, it might it might be there. It might be there. It, it, this is a complex beer, and frankly, everything in this melds together really well, I, I believe. Uh, it's hard to pick out. A lot of times in British beers, you pick out like, oh, this is you know a very strong or sharp or, or pokey, outy British yeast fermentation character, uh, which isn't always great. Uh, in this, you know, what I'm getting uh, that might be a fruitiness might be hop flavor. It might be that British yeast fermentation character, it's really hard to kind of pick out where that might be coming from. But I uh, love the flavor. It's 14 out of 20. Uh, mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Uh, I got a, a smooth, silky mouthfeel from, from oatmeal here. Uh, it's creamy, medium body, low carbonation, uh, no warming, no astringency. Uh, I think I said 5 out of 5. Overall impression, 8 out of 10 for a total of 40, which is uh, uh, excellent. Uh, I really like this beer a lot. Uh, oatmeal stout doesn't have to be, you know, a giant, thick, imperial strength beer. Uh, and in fact, I, I pulled up the guidelines here and 16B in the 2021 guidelines. Uh, ABV should be between 4.2 and 5.9. So none of these are are giant, giant malt bomb beers as far as alcohol goes. Uh, final gravity can be anywhere from 1010 to 1018. And you know, ten eighteen is going to be a little bit more of that malt sweetness, that size that I think Cooper was talking about. Uh, but this style can go down to ten ten, which is a pretty well attenuated beer. I mean, that's pretty dry to be down at at ten ten. So there's not. I, I don't think the style is a monolith. I think that you can have a four point two oatmeal stout that has a final gravity of ten ten. 
Uh, and that's kind of zeroing in maybe closer to even mild territory as far as alcohol uh, content goes. But it still has a lot of flavor and, and a lot of complexity as a style, which is you know, one of the great things about, about this style. Uh, yeah, you can enjoy this through a whole session if you, you kind of brew it like that. I think it's really well done. Uh, as far as what I, I might uh, do, you know, uh, you know, Cooper's not wrong about, I think, additional complexity. I don't know that I'd bump it up in strength, but, you know, maybe a little more. It, it never hurts. Well, let me take that back. It sometimes hurts to throw more malts in a beer. <laughs> if you're starting off with a whole lot, I don't know what your malt bill is or how you made this, and I'll, I'll be curious to hear that. Uh, if it's super simple, you might want to rethink, you might be adding in just a little bit, you know, a few percent of something, you know, here or there that might give it more complexity. Uh, I also think that, you know, despite what I was saying earlier, that sometimes the English yeasts can go a little crazy and poke out a little bit too much, depending on what kind of yeast you used, you might want to try a different English style yeast uh, that might give a little bit more British a uh, uh, character to it, but that also kind of depends on what direction you want to go, right? I mean, you look at these the style guidelines, and they range from Anderson Valley Barney Flats Oatmeal Stout, which is great if you have a chance to get it, uh, to Sam Smith's Oatmeal Stout, to uh, uh, yeah, Young's London Stout, uh, and you know the more American versions of this are going to be maybe a little bit more like an American stout. Right, may uh, not necessarily going to be ones that have the English yeast. You know, if you're going to be brewing for competition in 16B, uh, that it never hurts to uh, to use the authentic English yeast. Uh, maybe give a get a little bit more complexity that way. J- just a thought, but I think 40 is an excellent score. Uh, or actually, it's more. Yeah, it's definitely by definition, it's an excellent score. Uh, mm-hmm. And I plan to uh, uh, not pour any of this out. I'll be consuming this throughout the uh, the evening, I, I believe, and enjoying it very a lot. Good. So, thank you very much. Well, excellent. Yeah. One comment I would add too. I, I was definitely not saying to increase the alcohol. I think the alcohol is fine where it is. Um, you might get a little more sweetness if there was more alcohol there, but that would probably push it out of style. Um, then not necessarily needs a whole lot more sweetness, but a little more malt complexity. Uh, one, you know, nice ingredient to use is uh, pale chocolate. And I think that, you know, bringing in a little more of a kind of a yeah. smoother milk chocolate in the middle might do a little bit for this beer. But, you know, it was, I was very close to you there, Brian, and it's it's good as is. I'd be curious to hear what uh, JP has to say about it as well. Oh, I got and, things yeah, to say. And he was locked into that he was locked into that English yeast there. So he couldn't change that for this recipe, mm. but you could change it the next time, you know, that particular English yeast and try a different one. Yep. That is a, one idea too, to twist it a bit. Am I putting words? Was I putting words in your mouth there, Coop? Well, it sounded like you were saying I, I wanted more alcohol in it. Of course. Yeah. You know, I want more alcohol and everything, but no, I mean, just kidding. <laughs> Imperial uh, oatmeal. Yeah. We got some vodka and dump in there. We'll see how it tastes. Yeah. I, um, you know what? This to me lends, it leans more towards an American stout than an oatmeal stout. Um, and I think that's what the other guys were saying, but I'm not really sure. Um, for, for me, an oatmeal stout shouldn't be this roasty. And I think that's part of the reason I don't like the roast that black roasted barley or, or whatever. Um, I just, I never like it's it, the act, the acridity. Uh, I don't enjoy it. Uh, for me, I think an oatmeal stout should be smooth and creamy and, and, and sort of elegant. Um, and this this would just be a great just Amer- American stout. Uh, I think far too often American stouts are over roasty and I don't like them. And I haven't had them in a while. Um, 
but you know, for that reason, I guess. So for me, that that's what I would change because it sort of it sort of has like a tart, uh, uh, acidic, almost smoky thing. So I think it's far too much there. Everything else tastes great. I think the uh, fermentation obviously was great. Uh, I don't really find any flaws elsewhere. I would just like an increase in the oatmeal and a decrease in the um, in the uh, roasted barley. And then, uh, like Cooper's saying, pale chocolate. If there's any chocolate in here, wipe it clean and put pale chocolate in and add 10% more. Uh, I, I, that, that flavor, that chocolate flavor with the oatmeal uh, really can just do wonders in a beer like this. But I, I do think there's a creamy aspect to it. There's a coffee thing that I do kind of like, which I understand what might uh, fade as you, as you decrease the, the roastiness. But uh, if I were making it for me, that's what I would do. Keep in mind, my oatmeal stout is never scored like higher than like a 38 in competition because people say, oh, it's more like a porter because I don't like, I don't like that roasty, you know, thing. So I brew it for me and, you know, whatever. Um, probably not helpful. I don't know. Um, Rob, before we get into your recipe, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll figure out this recipe and uh, we'll get Marshall on the line so we can yell at him about giving you a recipe that has too much roast in it. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We are back here, and we're going to be talking with Rob about his recipe. Rob, tell us your recipe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely agree with uh, the comments. This beer, uh, absolutely over-attenuated, uh, more than I uh, had intended. Uh, it was the first time I have used the uh, Imperial Darkness, and that thing is a beast. It just ripped through this beer. Um, this beer, uh, 53% Maris Otter, 10% chocolate, 350 Levabon, 10% oats, uh, 7% crystal malt, 60 uh, 3% flake barley, 3% roasted barley, 300 Levabon, and uh, 3% victory malt. Um, definitely thought about adding a uh, vanilla bean to this, and uh, it just didn't happen. But I think that 
may lend itself to that uh, creaminess that you all were both commenting on. And uh, yeah, that is, that is a nice trick to use. You can do that for sure. Yeah. So this beer started out at uh, 1054 and uh, terminal gravity was uh, 1005. Wow. Oh my God. Gee. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's well attenuated. Yeah. So it was, it was almost acidic. It wasn't like super, like it wasn't tart, but, you know, super tart, but it was just like really acidic. And, and that sharpness kind of blends with that and just attacks your tongue. Like JP yeah. was kind of saying. Absolutely. Uh, I wonder if it's aging a little bit now because everyone that I gave it to originally, the chocolate was just like pow right in your face. Um, I brewed this the day after Thanksgiving. So uh, we're what, 90 yeah. days now or something like that. So it doesn't taste super past its prime, but it's, it you know, you can tell it's aging a little bit. It's not yeah. oxidized, but it's, you know, cleanly transferred it seems like but yeah 10 percent oats you say yes yeah i would i would i would minimum double it maximum double it and those are 20 percent like minute oats, oats or whatever yeah yeah, oats, yeah if you want to put another spin on it i've i've also played around with like toasting the oats in the oven for a little bit too um you know getting a little bit more character that's assuming you're going to brew this recipe again you know i have no yeah, and you can use um, you can use flaked oats and some malted oats too if you want. You know, I mean, you can use a combination. Just kind of play with different oats and get more oat character in it. Um, I liked what was there. We could have used a little more, but it was definitely oaty. Yeah, and yeah. probably uh, dial back the the roasted barley a little bit because I agree I, that sharpness has kind of been there throughout. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the yeah. the chocolate was five percent. Uh, the chocolate was ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder what mine is. Look it up. Um. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. I ten and yeah, just pale chocolate. Pale chocolate. Chocolate malt should just go away. Nobody needs it anymore. Pale chocolate's king. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh, I imagine the hops are pretty low. Just a little English hop and the bittering or. Uh, so hops, um, I had a small charge at first wart of Magnum just for bittering. And then I actually hit this with, uh, EKG 20 minutes and at flame out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did have a little earthy hop throughout, so that was coming through, but not playing like an American style would typically have, you know, more American style hops. It still played like the English style. So that was good. And that yeast again, you said uh, Imperial Darkness. First time I've used that. Yeah. I'm what, not really now, what, what manufacturer is, is that from? Imperial. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not as familiar with the Imperial yeast. Uh, you know, is, do you know what, like, is that supposed to be an American or British or, or do you know anything about the, like, the origin of, of that? I honestly don't. Um, I had heard that it was pretty good for dark beers, and I thought, well, I'm well, going to give that a try. Well, so they, I, did, I, they, uh, yeah. they did let you choose the yeasts? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so part of the uh, part of the uh, uh, parameters was a uh, single infusion mash at 154, 60 minutes, and done. Um I felt that this recipe could have uh, possibly been a little bit better with maybe a uh, a beta rest in there at a little bit lower and then stepped a, done a step mash. 
Hmm. Clearly, it was a, a well fermentable wort because it attenuated down oh, to almost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is very dry, but it, it's interesting because there is a creaminess still, too. There is sort of like a residual sweetness. I wouldn't have expected 1005 to be the finishing on this thing. That's a beast, man. What's the alcohol? Uh, I've got it right at 6.4. <laughs> yeah, that's wow, too okay. high, dog. <laughs> yeah. that's, right? that's, that's bigger than I, I was thinking it might be. And that's, yeah, that's definitely half a point over like the upper limit for this style. It's yeah. kind of hard to detect a half a point, but yeah, it is, it is well hidden too. Yeah. It's, such a, yeah. it's it fermented so cleanly. I think that, yeah, just changing it to a more classic uh, English yeast is going to help a, you know, finish a little more in the range you want to and B add a little more of that fruitiness, which I felt was kind of gone, but you know, yep. just improving those couple of things, this will be a really nice beer to drink and maybe change the roast bill a little bit that, you know, get lighten up on those, you know, darker roasts. I wouldn't throw them all the way out. Like, like uh, JP said, no, um, I I don't think all the way out. I mean, maybe yeah. I, I've, I've probably said three different versions of that. Um, d- I mean, I would, and they're, at least drop it down because yeah. I do. I do realize that my tastes vary. Uh, they're not exactly what everybody else tastes, but I well, I do think yeah. it is a little too much. But you know, also like you're saying, maybe with a different yeast, maybe with a, like a, a proper English yeast, fuck, or even Cal Ale. I wonder if you're going to get as much of that crash, so you're going to have more sweetness to balance out all that stuff. You know what I mean? I wonder if at a higher gravity, this would have mashed well a little bit better, meshed well a little better. Yeah, they're, you know they're shining through sharply because, uh, you know, that it's so dry. There's yeah. nothing supporting those those dark. So but if you lighten them up, you know, you could use three ounces total of those two dark malts divided. Maybe use half pale and half regular chocolate and see where it goes, you know, from there. Or you could try all pale if you like. But, um, you know, the other middle malts that you had in there, those were fine. A little, little bit of dark crystal victory. Those are those are fine in there. Kind of. Yeah, you know, it does have some complexity underneath. That wasn't just totally uh, a one-trick pony or anything. So yeah, cool. And your water has just uh, filtered, or do you build up from RO? Uh, I do not. I filter my water and then uh, build it up. So this had uh, some calcium chloride, some uh, Epsom salt, some gypsum, some magnesium. Uh, yeah, the water seems fine. I uh, took my water profile that I got from our water purveyor and then uh, plugged in, you know, I want Dublin water and away we go. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I like it. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big water guy, but I think it, it tastes good. It's, there's a little minerality to it. It's not, um, yeah, I think it's fine. I think everything's fine. Just, you know. Like I said, if you're going to brew this again and try to like, you know, tweak it out in, in my mind, it's just, it's too dry and too acidic. That's all. Everything else yeah. is fine. I mean, everything else is just, you know, uh minutia, you know, point here or there for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's pretty good, man. Do you have any questions about it at all? Or, or maybe just bring uh oatmeal stout in general or, or anything we can help you with? Um. You know, stout for me is kind of a, a winter time, so I really only do it, you know, late fall. But uh, you seem definitely. like a you seem like a big stout drinker, like a like you like big stouts. Uh, I do like an imperial. Okay, there you go. Really? <laughs> you got very yeah. serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. I don't know why you just struck me as a so, you know uh, as a chewy stout guy. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely will make some changes next time I brew this. Cool. Okay. Hey, man, if you want to send it again, be happy to drink it. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's definitely quality beer. Um, nothing wrong, no contaminants or anything. So, um, love to see it. What did you get on the, uh, in the little, you know, brewlosophy fucking jerk off? Um, <laughs> it's kind of a best of show there. He has like uh, three or four of his buddies on and uh, they don't really score it. They just drink them. Oh, nepotism. And, uh, I love it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they say which one was their favorite. So I wasn't their favorite. No, you weren't. Do, do no. they do they do like a, you came in second or you suck shit or you're out of the club or mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, you have to wash Marshall's fanny pack out after Homebrew Fest. <laughs> they ended up picking some guy that uh, put cherries in an imperial and uh, aged it on oak or something. And yeah, no, um, no. What does that do? Come on, man. That's not the recipe, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I brewed this recipe, but uh, I added a bunch of stuff and turned it into a pale ale. So there you go. <laughs> and you don't even get to taste those other beers with them. They, they're the ones that have all four or whatever it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Mar- Marshall will probably give you a triangle test with all three of them being your beer. <laughs> probably. Way to do I, it. Like, I like Marshall. I enjoyed it. Oh, I, I, I kid because I love. I like Marshall we, too, but yeah. also fuck that guy. <laughs> you know we what I mean? Get him, get him back on the show to defend himself. Uh, no, never. Uh, no, I'm only mad because you didn't hire me. That's all. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's it, Rob. I'd say we'll let you go, but uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and drink your other beer. All right, sounds good. I'll go get another beer. So hang out for that. Oh. All right, everyone, it's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on, we'll be right back. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Thanks for hanging on, everybody. We are back here with Rob, and Rob, you have a mixed fermentation sour beer. Yes. Are you? Do you do sour projects often, or is this a first? Uh, no, this is uh, about a third try at this. Okay, third try. You don't sound very confident, and I'm now nervous <laughs> to drink it. I will. Uh, I will elaborate when we go over the recipe. Okay, okay that's totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like a, a mixed fermentation. I like a you know, oh look at that! I got ooh, did this come out of the bottle or was it in my glass? Might have been in my glass. Might have been out of your nose. It's a green, it is a green like strip. 
<laughs> it's almost like paper, but it could also be like from the inside of my glass from like the dishwasher. Who knows? Maybe your daughter put it there. I mean, she is five. Maybe. I got my two glasses. I got my two different shaped glasses. I'm ready Probably for like this. Artificial <laughs> Christmas tree mm-hmm. parts or something. What I do for my sours. Uh, Brian Shar, why don't you start us off with oh. this? Yes. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, this is an a interesting beer. I, I enjoyed this uh, uh, very much. Uh, I got a low hiss upon opening, so there's definitely carbonation. It's always a good sign. Uh, aroma. Uh, and actually, before I get started, I'll back up here just a little bit. You might have told Cooper, but I, I doubt I doubt you did. Uh, in 28B, mixed fermentation sour, there's supposed to be a a, a base beer uh, declared with this, and I I didn't get that. So I'm kind of judging this on kind of on its own, standing by itself, which is kind of puts you behind the eight ball in in entering this style. Uh, like whenever you're entering a style in competition that requires specifying a base beer and it's not clear what the base beer is, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're just making it because you want to drink it or you like it, you know, who cares? But uh, that's one of those things that's important for a style that calls out a base beer to uh, actually identify what the base beer is. Let, let me clarify. You may either declare a base beer. You must des- you must describe the beer. That's uh, what you must do. Uh, either a base style or the ingredients, specs, uh, or target character for the beer. And even in the style guidelines, well, it says true. that the base beer style becomes less relevant in this style because of the, all the yeast and bacteria muck it up, basically. Okay. So, well, anyway, con- with that said. Consider me, uh, 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 color me uh, corrected. But I still think it's best in these styles where the guidelines talk about base style a lot. I, I don't know. To me, it's best practice. I mean, Cooper's right. That's that you you can describe what it is, uh, it, ingredients, specs, target character, uh, something like that. I think you're always better served when you're entering competition to specify a base style. That's that's my, my one man's opinion. Let me argue against that. Um, <laughs> when I make my consecration ale clone, the base style is a Belgian dark strong. The beer in the end, after all the brat and the wood and the you know the current the currents you add in there, everything that goes on the long, the long souring process, it tasted nothing like a Belgian dark strong ale at that point. Yeah. It's just a sour, like a sour fruity, you know, massive red beer. So well, that's anyway, that's a good point. That's, all that's, that's all point. that said, how would you describe the beer or tell the judges to judge it? I guess or or style yeah, exactly, hmm. exactly. So we uh. uh Maybe it's just, it's you know Brian and I can go on about this for all. Maybe it just depends on on what the beer comes out like. I don't know. Yeah. This particular one, the aroma, I, I enjoyed it. It's a fruit aroma at a medium level. I get like a raspberry, uh, uh, but not sure if there was a fruit addition. But it, it smells like a, a raspberry addition uh, uh, somewhere. Uh, very low base malt, uh, no hops. Don't get any any lactic sour in the aroma. And don't really get any any Brett Funk either. You know the fruit is you know really uh, carrying all the weight here in the aroma, but the fruit is is a good fruit character. It's not a, a extract or something weird or artificial. It, it smells natural, like like raspberries should. So that's that's really good. Uh, it's the fruitiness may include 
And I have a note here, the fruitiness might include a Brett component. It's hard to tell. Uh, it's If so, you know, Brett, we think about Brett typically as being funky. It can be more fruity if it's fermented at, you know, lower temperatures or different conditions. I'm not an expert in that. Uh, but I, you know, I remember the the Crooked Stave guys uh, do, you know, I think they primary ferment with Brett and they don't have it come out super funky. Uh, it's more like how they can control the fermentation temp. Uh, nonetheless, you know, it's a, a very fruit oriented aroma. No off aromas, uh, eight out of 12 for the aroma component. Uh, appearance, three out of three. The color is a, a pinkish uh, amber and it's really more pink than amber to me and maybe more artificial light when it was uh, natural light earlier in the day when I, I judged this, it came across a little more amber, which just goes to show the color of any beer is incredibly dependent on where you're at and what your light source uh, is. Uh, low head disappears immediately. There's like no, there's maybe a few bubbles around the, uh, the rim of this, but that's about it. Uh, crystal clear, three out of three. Flavor. Initially, the flavor is uh, dominated by uh, raspberry with very low base malt. Uh, I get very low hop bitterness, uh, maybe and no hop flavor at all. Uh, there's a very low funk that might be Brett in the, the flavor that isn't present in the aroma. It's well attenuated, as you'd expect. Uh, finish is quick and dry. There's a very low lactic sour in the finish to me. Uh, but it's not like a real rip your face off uh, uh, lactic. So 13 out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel, five out of five. Uh, You know, I made a note here that light lactic sour, uh, excuse me, uh, that that light lactic sour comes across more like a a low astringency to me, but an astringency in in a good way. You know, there's that kind of mouth puckering, you know, sucking a tea bag type of astringency that isn't good. Uh, but then there's also a type of astringency that is kind of associated with lactic and sourness that is more pleasant, if that makes sense. And that's what I I, I get from this beer. Uh, you know, what's uh, interesting to me, the uh, I think I learned this from Nicole, because, uh, you know, you learn all kinds of good stuff from Nicole all the time. Uh, that raspberries, blueberries, those fruits like that, they have the little tiny seeds. Those seeds aren't just annoying. They actually have a flavor associated with them. And that flavor tends to be astringent and unpleasant and just not not ideal. So if you just dump a bunch of raspberries into your beer, it's going to pick up those flavors as well as the flavor from, from the raspberry. Uh, and that's not the kind of astringency that I'm I'm getting from this. Uh, I guess it's more of just a character of of what I think is a low lactic in the finish. Uh, no warming. It's not creamy. Low carbonation. Low body. Uh, five out of five. Uh, overall impression. I gave this an eight for a total of thirty seven, which is very good. Uh, excellent job. Uh, I'm not. You know, I'm not sure I've ever had a beer quite like this. Because usually for mixed fermentation slash sour beer, the the tendency of home brewers and professional brewers is to just go go ham on the sour and on the bread and just make it super funky or super sour or both. 
And I, I like that. I like those extreme sour, extreme funk flavors a lot of the time. But this is really a lot more, I think, kind of harmonious, where the the sour and the funk are more restrained. The uh, lacto isn't the star, but there's a little bit there, especially at, at the finish. Uh, it wasn't entirely what I was expecting from a mixed fermentation beer, but, you know, it's pleasant. It's it's tasty. I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, and I think overall it's well done and thanks for sharing. All right. Thank you. All right, Cooper. Yes. I will talk about this beer. It is. Um, <laughs> it sounds it is like, very, it sounds like you will. Very fruity. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Um, yeah. Slight, slight hiss upon opening um, in the nose, just a bright, bright berry, um, some red raspberry, a little kind of hibiscus like notes. Low cherry, uh, the funky tart type character is a little low and muted. It doesn't smell like it's going to be really um, heavily sour, and that's okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, the funky tart type character is just really low and muted. Um, so it smells like it, it could be something that's either a little sweet or just only tart, uh, mildly sour. Getting a big... Um, Strawberry-like note in here as well. It's like a mix of that raspberry, strawberry. I think I got a little more strawberry than Brian did, maybe. Um, I like that there's no THP here, uh, which is good. Uh, that's that Cheerio-like thing you can get sometimes with when you have, uh, I think, Brett in combination with oxygen or or maybe other ways to get it. Or it can be eventually aged out if you're careful. But um, yeah, um, no big oxidation or acetic character here. It's very, you know, prominently fruit forward. If you smelled it, you almost wouldn't know it's a, it's a tart beer. Um, Appearance-wise, it is pretty. Um, that that pinkish, reddish, amber-colored beer, almost no head. Uh, there were some white, larger bubbles at first, and they fade fairly quickly. Although I just poured this one straight down, and they're, they're staying for a little while. Uh, but it does fade after a little bit to a, a flat surface. Um, I'll dock a point for that, you know, head, head, but I mean, sometimes sours, you know, the head doesn't last forever <laughs> depending on what's in there. So, uh, but yeah, uh, flavor wise, strawberry, a light cherry, like fruitiness, um, uh, mildly tart, but it's pleasant and clean, almost no funk or, or barnyard, hay, like any of those kind of characters. I think that the fruitiness that is here, you know, may likewise just be coming from either there's fruit in it, which I'm wondering, <laughs> or, you know, the malts and the, and the combination of just the, the straight lactic sourness that's here. Um, so you get, you get kind of a, a medium light sweetness uh, complementing the light acidity here. Again, mostly lactic, no acetic or vinegar-like qualities here. The beer is somewhat like wine-like in the sense that it tastes a little bit like a like a pink wine like a rosé uh there's no obvious bitterness here has a semi-sweet finish and it's definitely uh balanced to that berry character that fruitiness mouthy wise it's a light medium light body smooth uh not biting or rough at all there's no astringent character uh no warmth carbonation is fairly low uh, it's not creamy or anything like that, but uh, yeah, overall impression, I'd say it's just, just a clean and enjoyable tart beer. It's kind of a, I don't want to say 
a one-trick pony, but it's just got this low, clean acidity that's dominated by berry uh, fruitiness, uh, but without the uh, phenolic or funk to kind of accent that and let it shine against some other elements that would lend complexity. Um, you know, even a light bit more acidity and funk would kind of make this one really pop. Um, but, you know, it is really pleasant. It's almost like soda pop-like in a way. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, very easy to drink. It's a very approachable, like, beginner beer. Like, here, try this one. You know, if you like, you don't really care for beer and you try this, you might very well like it because it's just so easy to drink, enjoyable. It seems like it's pretty light alcohol-wise. It's not blowing me away there. Um, I'd almost say, you know, entered as a fruit beer, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's the uh, uh, 29A category, but, you know, it's as a, as a 28, I guess my, so yeah, 28B, you know, overall impression is a sour and funky version of a base style of beer. And it's like, it, it's sour, it's lightly sour, but it's not funky at all. And it doesn't need to be a funk bomb. But, um, you know, just give me a little more uh, Brett character in there would definitely bring it up to a higher score for me. I let it at a 34 just because it's enjoyable, mostly, you know, kind of meets the intended style. You can tell it's a it seems like it's at least uh, uh, an aged sour, a mixed fermentation sour, not like a kettle sour or something like that. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, So, yeah, a 34 is in. You know, kind of middle territory, very good. I've kind of tweaked this a little bit to try to get up into excellent or outstanding, but it's nice as it is and real easy to drink. So thanks for sharing it. Yeah, um, you know, as always, I would agree with most of the things everybody says. Uh, I would probably go, yeah, 34, 35. It is a very, e- it's it's almost too easy drinking. I, I want a little bit, there's like a creamy, softer mouthfeel. I would want that firmed up a little bit. Uh, so it doesn't taste as much like a sort of undercarbonated soda, because there is a sweetness to it. It's 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 very delicious in that regard. It would make a you know the base of like a really good cocktail or whatever. But I for a sour beer, I want a little bit more aggressiveness. I guess um, really define what it is. I think the flavors are great. The fruit flavors are awesome. Um, that's a very good technique. Whatever you're doing, it it tastes great. Uh, of course, really fresh. Yeah, I have it in two my two glasses. One is my ten ounce straight wall festival glass. And the other is sort of like a, you know, weird fancy like rocks glass or whatever. Little little tulip at the top, and that one, uh, the tulip one. There's a little bit more bitterness. There's a little bit more bite to it, and I don't know why. I don't know what that's from. It's very weird. The other one is just sort of not really there. Probably the schmeg you got going in some of your glassware there, sir. Yeah. It's weird. Like the the, the festival glasses, there's a, a roundness to the mouthfeel. The tulip one, there's not. It's more, It's a little bit more aggressive. I don't know. Just something to something to play with, man. Um, but let's talk about the beer, Rob. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, it really kind of started as a, uh, the base beer, I guess, would be uh, a wheat beer. Um, so again, I've done a couple of sours. I usually do lacto. I don't really care for the kettle sour. This particular beer, I tried the, uh, Philly sour dry yeast. 
Okay. Philly uh, sour. Okay. Yeah. It's a dry. It does. It it supposedly produces lacto at first and then finishes out like a typical sack strain. And so I gave that a go. Um, this beer was uh, 64% two row, 26% wheat malt, 5% oats. And just a touch, 4% of uh, honey malt in there. Hmm. Um, had a... What what percent of honey malt? 4%. Interesting. Okay. Um, had a small charge of uh, magnum for the bittering. And uh, so I let this... This was actually really interesting. Again, first time using the Philly sour yeast... I let this beer completely ferment out until it was essentially, um, it was, the yeast was falling out. And uh, I did this one in a five gallon batch. So I actually put this in a carboy and um, I took my fruit, which was four pounds of blackberry, four pounds of raspberry and two pounds of blueberry. Hmm. And I, uh, made a uh, puree out of that they were fresh fruit and i put them in a clean carboy racked the beer on top of it and it took off again i mean it went <laughs> crazy <laughs> i had like four inches of krausen that was purple all the way around that wow. thing in an hour of adding with of wow. transferring jeez dude so um this beer started out uh, 10.55, finished at 10.11. I've got it right at 5.5%. Okay, not yeah. bad. I mean, you know, and I, I like that that range of alcohol for sour beers. I think it, it lends itself better. You know, you get these 6 and 7%, maybe 7 or 8% uh, sour beers, and it, it, I just, there's something weird about how the alcohol and the acidity sort of mix together with that sourness. It, it's not enjoyable for me. Yeah. Uh, the ladies do seem to like that one. Every, uh, even girls that, uh, have come over and, uh, you know, they don't, uh, necessarily drink beer like beer and they seem to like it. So, and I have, I have had some friends kind of give the wine comment a little bit like the rosé in that range. Sure. Uh, I mean, you, you carbonate this and then you can, you might as well just call it a wine cooler. Not might as well, but you know what I mean? You, you definitely could pass it off as, as something like that. So you have this technique where you can make a very, very uh, approachable sour beer like that. And uh, so I think, I think you're, you're like 80% to, you know, I think where maybe you want to be. Right. I, yeah. Well, I, so I think that we would have had an easier time judging this if we, you know, uh, we made a big deal up front about, Oh, you didn't declare the base style or you didn't declare the intent of the beer. It's it's a fruit beer. It's it's not really it's not it doesn't belong in twenty eight B. And I was, mm. you know, it's so clean and enjoyable that I wanted to almost give it the benefit of the doubt. Like, wow, this, this could be an aged sour that they somehow made taste this fruity. But there, I I'm like, no, no. There's got to be some like a lot of fruit in here, and it's it, you know. So yeah, I probably should have scored it lower just for being out of the where it should be and like no dude there's there's so much fruit in here how could it not be like a fruit beer so declare it as a you know as a 30a or i'm sorry 29a fruit beer and then declare the base style that you want but 
you know, which would could be a mixed fermentation sour or it could be a straight sour with the fruit, you know. Um you could go anywhere with it that you want, but you know, this is it's more like a straight sour character where it's just a nice, gentle um, you know, on that lacto without the oak aging, without the funkiness, and you know, that's kind of designed for where the kettle sour beers can go, 28D. Um you know, just a quick kettle sour, but this is to me, it's, I was like, it, it's got some of the aspects of that nice mixed fermentation sour, but also some of the aspects of a kettle sour, but a really well done version of that. So, yeah. And I think you know, some of that's that creaminess that I'm, that I'm picking yeah. up on. I think kettle sours can, can have that and where they're not really sharp. They're sort of rounded. I definitely yeah. struggled just trying to decide what category to give you guys for that. And, uh, you know, the guidelines have so much in there about using Brett and wood and everything in the 28 category that, uh, it, it was a little tough choice. God, I'm just blown away by the differences yeah. in the flavors between the two glasses. Yeah, 20, uh, 28D wow. is the where it's intended for, for that kind of, you know, it's Yeah. And it's nice. I like that it's nice and light and it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, just very approachable. And it's not going to murder you in like an hour if you have a little bit more than you would normally. You know what I mean? In, in, from a sourness standpoint, as we're all getting older, I mean, you Ooh. guys specifically, not me, um, but also just an alcohol level. Like you can you can have this and, and drink it pretty speedily, which is what you want to do because it tastes so good. And you're not going to regret it later. So I like that. So yeah, um, yeah, maybe try entering it as a 29A with a 28D base somewhere and see how they score it if they understand it and declare the fruit they put in it that you want to declare. Like primarily the raspberry coming through, but yeah, it had, had like to me a little strawberry like edge to it, even though there's no strawberry in there. Yeah, I assume there was strawberry in there. Uh, yeah, because raspberry is sort of weird. It's like a blueberry. We don't really get the flavor. I yeah, strawberry oh. maybe like a little rhubarb kind of too. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of times raspberry, like Brian was talking about the seeds, and it gives that um, that harsher, like uh, astringency. Yeah. This doesn't have that that side of the raspberry, so it maybe plays more like the strawberry and the sweeter fruits without the seediness. That you get in the, but, you know, I made a a raspberry mead. It was like you know, had all all kinds of seedy character, but it was still good. It just like yeah, well, plays you made a it different. That's yeah. yeah, that's why it was seedy. <laughs> Uh, Rob, do you have anything else for the boys? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Appreciate the, the comments right. and uh, being on the show. Yeah. Well, thanks for sending a beer, man. I appreciate it. And uh, if you rebrew anything or want to come back, let us know. Absolutely. And if you want to be as cool as Rob and be on this show, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and he will get you a speedily delivered email, hastily written, I- probably not very well spell checked. Uh, maybe a weird attachment or two. Don't worry about it. Just send the Bitcoin. Uh, Don't click on the attachment. Whatever you do, never <laughs> click on the attachment. No, always I, do, I might, Brian. I might be back, get back to you in a couple of weeks. I also mm-hmm. wanted to, uh, to point out, uh, well, we judge these beers. Uh, I judge the beers on Pi Day. And then today, uh, you know, uh, the three, four, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, today is the anniversary of the, uh, it's lockdown day today. It's like three years. Oh, you're about your, your daughter's birthday party. Remember your daughter's birthday party three years ago? I do. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, 
don't touch me. Yeah. Let's elbow bump instead of uh yeah, and then yeah, then everything went to a screeching halt. I was just like Yeah, someone mentioned that today. I was like, Oh man, that, that brings back some memories. I remember that crazy weekend. I had all kinds of things planned and then nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, basically. Alright everybody, thanks man, I a lot. I can't believe it's been three years. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. Brian. Your timing is impeccable. It really is. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you.